It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi folks, Tino here. Just before we get started with today's weekly show, you'll have noticed a change in the format with the weekly show now only available in full to subscribers at the Celtic Exchange Plus. You can still enjoy the opening section of the show here, but if you genuinely value and enjoy what we do and want to support us for less than a fiver a month, then you can do so right now at theceltichexchange.com slash plus. In addition to getting full access to the weekly show, you'll also be able to enjoy the pre and post match shows we provide for every Celtic game, as well as our special bonus episodes with Celtic heroes like Martin O'Neill, Lobo Maravchik and more. So jump to the CelticExchange.com slash plus right now where it takes less than two minutes to get set up and we'll see you back here shortly for this episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Brendan Rodgers' Easter Road hoodoo continues, another busy week awaits and where are our summer signings? We'll discuss it all and much more over the next hour or so. This is the Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino and this week I'm joined by Miff and James as we cover all things Celtic. Miff, frustrating day Easter Road but 8 wins out of 10 in the league, 5 points clear, would you have taken that at the start of the season? Hello Tino, hello James, hello listeners and viewers, uh, I think you would have, ultimately, history tells you you're probably always got to come a cropper somewhere along the line I just think the intensity of the game against Atletico is probably caught up with the majority of the team so in the context of how well the team have performed since that result against St Johnson I think it's um, it's, it's one you can give them James Miff and I done the, the pre-match uh, ahead of the game against Hibs and Miff suggested and it's only a suggestion but the squad rotation might have been an idea given that we've got a lot of players a lot of players that aren't playing a lot of football at this moment in time and that there had been so much put into that game on Wednesday night. Listen, Celtic were exceptional on Wednesday night, very aggressive in the press, and just put in a lot of work off the ball. But for the most part, we've been going with the same 12, 13, maybe 14 players, and Saturday might have been a good opportunity to you know to freshen that up. That said, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. And, you know, experience the same. He tried to mix it up and, and drop points, and, and you get no end of grief. So what was your take on what Rodgers went with? I mean, there's a couple of things there. Roger's style is to, you know, have guys that turn out week in, week out. Um, there's also the kind of, not to be too lofty, but the magnitude of the game coming that run of tough away fixtures. If you get that one in the bag, then, you know, you're, you're really happy. So he's maybe not wanting to gamble. But the main thing for me is the chasm between the first string and the second. And he went and looked at his bench, much like he looked at his bench on Wednesday night, and he went, 
not really a lot I can trust there, you know, in terms of like being bang up to speed and, you know, getting ahead of, of anyone else. O'Reilly was the was the key, I don't want to use the word culprit, because he'll he'll just he'll, he'll turn out and he'll give his best, but he just didn't have it in the tank. He was just done from Wednesday night. So the sports science, scientists have told Rogers that, you know, this is what this guy's got available. And he's went, well, I don't really have the option to to drop him. So that, yeah. that's the problem. You then get that that decision to make. They, they might say somebody like, say as O'Reilly or Bernardo, who put a lot into the game, they might say he's at 90% or 85, you know, as opposed to the 100. And Rogers might say, do you know what? An 85% O'Reilly is probably better than 100%. Say David Turnbull. Uh, get, right? get his two up and then I'll take you off. Yeah, so it's, it's tough decisions. All the more tough, Math, that... Uh, we've now got Rio Hitati missing. It sounds like the the update is he'll be out till around about Christmas time, and that's that's a huge blow for Celtic. He's such an important part of the team, um, and it's a huge blow for the individual. You know, the player himself must be gutted. I did think to myself that sounds like ages away. Then I realised it's the thirtieth October, or we're actually not really that far away. For Getting Christmas. out for Halloween tomorrow, uh, possibly. Um, so Hitati, as we know, we've already seen the impact Hitati missing for the team has in the team has in the way that the team control games and I do not think it's any coincidence that Hatati's been missing and with the flat performance I, I, I just think it's been exas- certainly exacerbated it given the intensity of the Atletico game I th- there's just a few circumstances that have went against us but it, it'll happen throughout the course of the season it's going to ebb and flow and, and it's how we react to it but I think w- what it means is the way I would look at it is we're, we're probably well ahead of schedule based on Rodgers coming in the door trying to get the team to play the way he would have wanted to play what it does highlight, as James touched upon, is if Rodgers doesn't have those players that he can trust to go and bring on, I think that there, there are a lot of players still in the squad that probably shouldn't be, that should have been moved on or, or even out on loan so that they weren't in the building because that's never a good thing. What we need now is, even if it's another two or three players that he can trust, that he can turn to to play off the bench or some, you know, sometimes starting games, he has to go and get those players in January, otherwise it's going to be a, a very long end to the season because... If you happen to have, say, you know, heaven forbid if an injury happens to the likes of Kyogo or even Maeda, who's critical to the way that we play, I think the team would really, really suffer. Agreed. I think January can't come soon enough. And I think Brendan Rodgers, James, he's in a position similar to what Ange was in the early part of his reign, certainly when he looked down at the bench and thought, Ayeti, Adam Montgomery, etc. You know, Adaguchi, these kind of guys, they're, they're not good enough. And I think Rodgers is a, a very similar you know, a bit of thinking going on, you know, over the last couple of games. There's a strange start though, you'll have seen it. No wins at Easter Road for Brendan <laughs> Rodgers. That's four games, he's been there. Two losses and now two draws. What do you make of that? <sighs> nothing, nothing. I don't think there's any kind of, you know, he's, he's scared Easter Road, he's scared of Hibs or anything like that. Circumstantial, I'd say more than anything else. I mean, Saturday in particular was circumstantial. So, at that stuff, and I wouldn't make any bones about that at all. Um, it's just... Where we're at, just in terms of January, I don't have any faith that Celtic will go and do the business in January. I really don't. If we're don't. If, if we're not in Europe, they definitely won't. If we are in a Europa position or whatever, they might. But they'll just give it the usual. It's a tough window to get players in and blah blah blah. All they really want to do this season is get into that Champions League. And if they go, can we win the league with what we've got? Probably. You know. I'm pleased to hear those spiky opinions on the the transfer policy because that's going to be the main topic today. We're we're going to get into that in a bit of detail. Um. What we'll do, we'll move on from the Hibs game. You can catch all the, the post-match chat that's available right now at the Celtic Exchange Plus. We've done an extended version, myself, Chris and Joe, after the game. Okay, here's what's coming up on this week's show. Celtic made nine signings in the summer, yet just two of them featured at Easter Road. 
So what's happening with the missing men and does it cast doubt on our current transfer policy? Beyond that, a couple of players now find themselves at a crossroads in their Celtic careers and we look at the roles that we as fans play and whether they'll make it or not at Celtic Park. Then it's time for the 11th man where I'll try once again to catch the lads out with a famous Celtic lineup. And finally, we take a look back at a modern day cult hero who made a half-time appearance at Celtic Park in last week's game against Atletico. Okay, let's get started by looking at the impact or lack of impact that we've seen from some of our summer signings so far. Miff, as mentioned, just two of the nine signings featured on Saturday. That was Louis Palma and Paolo Bernardo. The numbers aren't quite adding up at the moment, are they? No, they're not. And I think that was as a result of the, the crossover period of Ange leaving. To, to my understanding, eh, there, had been a, there had been a meeting targets had been agreed Ange left it basically chucked a grenade into everything that time lag then meant that some targets were missed some targets were obtained and it had to be put through Rogers to see if he wanted to, to buy them based on their profile and that was why we ended up with a pretty meh window as I think we can all agree now I know some people have debated that with his um, especially around the YouTube comments how can you say that the board haven't backed the manager. I, I think to, to answer that question directly, I, I would say that the positions where we felt we needed to be strengthened, such as goalkeeper, left back and striker in particular, weren't strengthened. There is no genuine competition in any of those places. So therefore, I would argue the squad that Rodgers inherited with Starfield, Jota missing and Hitati injured was weaker than than what Ange left to with. Whatever. Um, so, I... You were right to point out we're probably not paying the price for that to, to a degree. But probably the more alarming thing for me is that that's two games in a row now Rodgers has looked to the bench and probably thinks I, I just don't rate or trust any of these guys. So, you know, you can name as many people as you want on the bench. You can have another 11 players on the bench. But if you only rate three of them, those other guys are as well just, you know, going across the road for a pint somewhere because they're, they're just not got a feature they're not got a feature I head up to Byers Road I spotted by James and Byers Road before kickoff. Um so it, it, it's quite a puzzling one for me because I, I would actually argue that, that some of them uh, probably deserve a wee bit more game time than what they're seeing but at the end of the day we've brought the manager in for a reason he's there he's assessing the squad he's working with them every day if he thinks he can only use a, an effective squad of 14 players, then that's his call. You use the word deserve, um, and I think you get what you deserve at Celtic. I think Brendan Rodgers is spending plenty of time with these guys at Lennox Town, and guys like O, spring to mind, guys like Quan, maybe even Lagerbielk at this moment in time, Thiago Home definitely. He's looking at these guys frequently, James, and just, he clearly doesn't trust them, and that's what it comes down to. And I think when the chips are down, you've seen the, the four changes he made on Saturday against Hibs, I make it my head right on it. It was James Forrest, Mikey Johnson, David Turnbull, and O. Fairly uninspiring, if I'm being honest. And I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of Mikey and all that stuff. But you know, you, you look at those four changes and you go, "Is this what it's coming?" You know, it's 2023, and we're still if you take out the equation. You're still going back to the well for the same guys that haven't really done it over the last few seasons. And I don't know. You know, it doesn't say a lot for these guys that we've brought in that just cannot get a game. And it's also saying to Yang, who was getting a shot you're not getting a shot anymore. You know, you've, you've not taken your chances. I'm putting James on in front of you. And then you're saying to O, you've not taken your chances. I'm putting James on in front of you. 
in a Europe, crucial European tie. You know, so James is winger, James is striker. When you've got two, you know, relatively new and relatively new signings sitting there, um, I thought that was a real nail in the coffin for O that he wasn't getting on on Wednesday night, and I think it was the right call. I, I didn't. I thought it was more tactical. I did. I thought it was more just about trying to keep the ball. Just stretch them. Aye. See when O's come on previously, the ball's been bouncing off and Aye. stuff like that. Now he's a good physical presence, and he, he you know he works hard enough. He's a good honest player. I still maintain that there's, there's something there, but he's we go around in circles talking about oh, he's no he's not going to get those runner games when Kyle goes fit and available. You're just not so you need to prepare yourself to try and be an impact player. But I think because we've moved to two up two up top, I think he was just wanting to stick and try and get down the sides. That's why we Forrest and Maeda. I, I, I felt if O had went on, he probably wouldn't have tried to hold the ball up. I, actually, we we were able to probe round about their box because of Forrest. I thought you know. I think for Forrest actually done reasonably well when he's been called upon this season, but in the context of all, I think that was just more a tactical thing because of the formation we've moved to. I agree with that, but I think it says a lot about O because he should be able to go on and hold the ball up. He's a no, big, powerful man. That, that's that absolutely take that point. If that, he's not developed, that I, I, in his I, game. That, that's 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 the most damning thing I think mm. is that we need you to do a, a specific type of thing, and I don't think he can do it. Rather than I just don't rate you, I'm not going to put you on. I think if he wasn't rated, no getting put on, he wouldn't have got on at the weekend either. What's the alternative? Well, it's just on the James Forrest James. line. He's already on. I think that's it. I think Brendan Rodgers, listen, I think James Forrest's best days are behind him, but he does still have something to offer. And I think when Rodgers looked at his option against Atletico, he thought, I know that James Forrest will go on and for the most part it'll stick and he'll keep possession. He's not going to bomb by guys and, and different things like that, but he'll just keep his ticking along and it might move us further up the park. Based on what he's probably seen so far of O'James, he's probably thinking... It'll go up to him, it'll bounce off his heel, yeah. he'll chase it, his first touch will be a tackle, all these kind yeah, of stuff. You described for his performance and um, when he came on against Atletico as fine uh-huh. and that is just not good enough. It's not, I agree. In the bigger picture, it's not good enough. I think O's would have been less than fine. He'd have gone on and you just wouldn't have known what but, you got. But this is, you know, what Celtic do you? They, they downrate your expectations that fine becomes acceptable. They've got us again, you know? haven't they? They've got us. Listen, I'm, I'm still scoring up from when Ange left. I don't know what you're asking me for. <laughs> Listen, let me, let me read out the summer signings. You've been listening to the opening section of this week's Celtic Exchange Weekly. Join the Celtic Exchange Plus now to enjoy the episode in full and to gain access to all of our additional episodes. Get set up at theceliticexchange.com slash plus where sign-up takes less than two minutes and you can explore it all with our free seven-day trial. As well as full access to the weekly show, you'll also get pre- and post-match episodes for every Celtic game, plus special episodes with Celtic heroes like Lubo Moravchik, Martin O'Neill and many more. It's your support that makes the Celtic Exchange what it is, so help us to now take the next steps as we make what we do even bigger and even better for Celtic supporters just like you. More podcasts, more reaction, more Celtic, all at the Celtic Exchange Plus. Sports Social Podcast Network.